This is Emerging Daily with Charlton Scott Fisher. Scott is the founder and leader of Emerge Nashville, a spiritual refuge that's an evolving ministry expressing radical grace every day. Emerge is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your tax-deductible gift and to learn more about Emerge, visit EmergeNashville.org or email EmergeNashville at gmail.com. We hope this program will help you to emerge as pure gold and to steer you to put love into action. Hey, I want to welcome you to the Emerging Daily Podcast. I'm Scott Fisher, and I really appreciate you listening to this podcast. I know there are several out there, and uh, we really appreciate you choosing to listen to this. And I hope that it's blessing you. I hope that in some way it's inspiring you. Um, It's helping you to grow and to develop spiritually and to help you to walk more in a love walk. I want to say some things before we get into the teaching First of all, I have no animosity towards the evangelical movement or people who are involved in the evangelical movement. My problem with the evangelical movement is the same type problem that Jesus had with the religious people of his day. It's the fact that they're missing it. They're missing the point many times. They're missing, well, they're just missing it. The whole point is to love one another, love God, and to grow spiritually. And when we get focused on other things we miss the point we miss the mark really of what we're shooting after what we're going for what our destiny is and as i've said before our destiny is to be like god to be god on this earth that's our destiny and we can only get there by growing spiritually and how that happens is really it's not so much that our spirit grows per se it's that the influence of our spirit grows through our soul And our soul is basically the womb of creation. Our soul is the gateway from the spirit into this world, this natural world, into our lives. The only way that spirit can have an influence on us is through our soul, through our thought process, our mind, will, and emotions, or our consciousness. That's a word that you don't hear in church many times, and and some of you may say, oh, he's getting off into some new age stuff because he's talking about consciousness. Well, <laughs> you know, that is a, a basic understanding of what soul is. Soul is consciousness. It deals with your mind, your will, and emotions. That is consciousness. And how spirit influences our lives is through our consciousness in its positive influence in our lives. In other words, spirit is always at work. It's always at work trying to move us over into the place in our lives that we should be. And I would dare even say that we are always where we should be, but that doesn't mean it's always a good place. In our experience, it's not always a good place because sometimes it takes uh, outward pressures, outward circumstances to bring us back into the place that we should we can be awake that we can hear that we can see that we can receive from spirit and so sometimes it takes this outward pressures and if you haven't listened to the message uh the podcast of uh through much pressure please go back and listen to that because there's some very good things there in dealing in, in understanding how these outward things that we experience in our lives are there for the purpose of pressing us and pushing us into what spirit wants us to be, how we should be. It's like a forming of clay 
and it takes pressure to form it. And our lives are the formation of God. Now, I spoke on our previous uh, our previous edition about the world. And, you know, I said, don't act your age. Don't act according to this age, but act according to the Spirit revealing to us how we should be and what we should do and say and and so on and so forth. And I sort of want to, to build upon that today. First, I want you, I want you to uh, share with you one scripture in particular. And let me just say this about my use of scripture. All of Western thought is pretty much built, especially in our day and, and time, all of Western thought and philosophy is pretty much built upon a system of thinking that presupposes some things in regards to the Bible and a system of understanding that's built on that, okay? In other words, all of Western thought, all of Western philosophy is built upon certain presuppositions of the Bible. In order for us to grow beyond that, in order for us to get beyond that, we have to come back to the Bible tear down some of these presuppositions, some of these walls, some of these things that have been built that are wrong. And we have to deconstruct before we can construct. And so, yeah, I, I use the Bible a lot. I will continue to do so because, as I said, Western thought is, is pretty much based on presuppositions of the Bible. It's a system of thought and a system of belief and many times it's wrong and it's in error or it's it's either incorrect it's either incorrect or incomplete and so in order for us to really grow beyond where we are we have to go back and correct those things or follow through with the complete thought that was really not completed we have to really get an understanding of what the scripture is really saying and not just what we were taught that it's saying or not just what we think it was saying there are certain things that if, if we don't get it right in our understanding and in our way of thinking, that we won't be able to grow spiritually beyond that place, beyond that age, beyond that stage in our development. We won't be able to go past it. And so you could look at, you could look at uh, our spiritual growth as being in stages. And the word aeon, which is many times translated as world in the Bible, really means age, but it can also mean stage or a course. And, and one place in particular where both aeon and cosmos are used together in the very same sentence is in Ephesians chapter 2. And here Paul is writing, and he says, Wherein time past you walked according to the course, and that word course is aeon, of this world, and that word world right there is cosmos. You walked according to the stage of this system, according to one stage of this system, one age, one stage, one course of this system that we're in, this system of thought, a system of belief. You could look at our growth as being almost a meal, and we have different courses. The meal is that system. The age or the course is are the different courses of that meal. Your spiritual development is much the same way. We go through different stages, different courses, in our development at different times. And so in order to really grow properly, we have to have a proper understanding because the consciousness is not limited to our understanding, but sometimes we limit ourselves 
by our misunderstanding or our improper understanding of things. And so when Spirit may be trying to reveal or show us something or or help us to grow in one way, we may hold ourselves back because we are trying to hold on to the age that is no longer the age we should be in, that stage, that course of our development. And so I take Scripture and I try to break it down and show, at least based on my understanding, and my understanding is still limited, I don't say that I know it all, but I do not limit my understanding to what I've been taught. I try to go beyond that and see what is really being said. And, and so I try to, to take Scripture, break it down, and rebuild based on a proper and complete understanding. So one of the things that we're going to look at today is when Jesus is teaching. Well, first of all, I want to deal with the rapture, because if you have an improper understanding of what is typically referred to as end times and what a teaching that was given is called the rapture, they base it on some things that Jesus says, some things that Paul says. Really, the rapture teaching actually started from a girl who had a dream. Her pastor sort of used that dream. He thought he misinterpreted, really, what the dream was saying. And then Schofield, with his reference Bible in his notes, refers back to what the preacher taught that was there that the girl gave the dream to. That's where it all came from. And this was back, if I'm not mistaken, it was in the 19th century or might have been the 18th century, somewhere around in the 18th or 19th century. It's not a very old teaching. If you go back beyond that, especially back into the older, the much older teachings, most of your theologians and scholars, prior to all that, even what you would consider them universalist, but I don't want to get into all that. But one of the teachings that they base the rapture thing on is where Jesus talks about one shall be taken, one shall be left. And I'm not going into that particular parable. But the parable that I am going to speak uh, and teach on today basically goes, it, it flies in the face of that. If you'll, if you'll uh, follow me, I'm, I'm teaching from Matthew right now. And please understand, it's hard for me to really get in a flow sometimes because I'm looking at a screen with some scripture on it, some of my Bible programs. I've got a Bible in front of me that I use, but the pages are just about to fall out because I've used it so much, and I'm, I've got a microphone. And when you're used to teaching to a group of people, and you're receiving feedback from them, and, and you get in a flow, it's, it's different than teaching to a microphone. And, and it's sort of sometimes it's hard to get in that flow. I used to have a radio program uh, several years ago. I had it with a, a friend of mine named Robert Sanders, and, and it was my program. I had him on there part of the time and then I did it part of the time and a lot of times I would just send in pre-recorded ones because I didn't like to sit there and just speak into a microphone it was just hard sometimes to get into that flow especially when people were in the peripheral of the office and, and things there conducting business and here I am sitting here behind a glass looking at a microphone and a bible and trying to imagine people out there receiving what I'm saying and trying to get feedback so it's sort of hard to get into the flow sometimes, and I apologize for that. But if you'll follow me, we're, we're in Matthew chapter 13 is where we are in this teaching. Now, you don't have to have a Bible with you, but if you have one, it does help to follow through and, and get an understanding of what, what the teaching is, okay? But Jesus taught in parables, and basically what that is, it's a, 
it's a way of comparing. The only way we can compare spiritual things and spiritual ways is with things that we can understand. In other words, if I'm if I see something that you've not seen, the only way I can explain it to you is basing it on things you have seen and try to explain it in a way that you can comprehend it. And that's how Jesus taught, and that's what the whole Bible is. It's allegories and, and parables that are there to help us to understand spiritual truths. And that's the only way that it can be done is by comparing it with natural things, natural processes, natural circumstances, and so that we can understand how the inward things work. But one of the fundamental things is Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. He says that in Luke. But it's, it's, it's an understood thing that you need to know in understanding his parables, especially the parables about the kingdom. Now, in one parable, he's just, prior to this, he, ta- he's, he gives the parable of what's called the sower and the word, the sower and the seed. I'm not getting into that parable, but it goes along with that one. Now, we're going to start with verse 24. Now, like I said, right prior to this, he gave another parable about the seed and how the seed grows. This is another parable about the seed. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, and that's real important, while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares. And that word tares is darnel. darnel. The, the word tares, those tares are darnel or darnel, however you pronounce it, is so much like a seed that you really can't even tell the difference between it and the seed. But the problem is the darnel is poisonous. The other seed, the real seed, is not. And so the enemy came and sowed tares or darnel among the wheat and went his way while men slept. Now, in verse 26, he says, The blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, but then the, the tares also appeared. So servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? From whence comes the tares? And he said, An enemy has done this. And the servant said to him, Well, do you want us to go and gather, gather them up? Talking about the tares. And he said, No, because if while you're gathering the tares, you might also root up the wheat. Basically, he's saying we don't want to get rid of the good with the bad. So he says, Let them both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I'll tell the reapers, gather the tares first, because once they're grown, say, you can tell the difference. You can, you can scrutinize them and really begin to see the difference once they come to fruition fully, once they fully are formed. Gather first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. Gather first the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, but then gather the wheat to my barn. Now, it goes in after that and talks about the mustard seed, how the kingdom of it's like a mustard seed, and I'm not getting into that. And then he talks about the kingdom is like a woman that took and hid, took leaven and hid it in three measures of meal. I'm not going into that right now either. Those are separate teachings that they they are linked to this, but we don't really have the time to really get into the, to those right now. But the disciples come back to him and they ask him to explain to them this parable about the the tares and the wheat because they know there's something there that they're just not getting. I hope you're being blessed by the podcast today. We wanted to pause for just a moment and just remind you to please check out our website, EmergeNashville.org, or you can also go to EmergingDaily.com. 
either one. You can find out more information about our ministry, about some things that we're wanting to do, and how we're wanting to make an impact in the Middle Tennessee area and in the world. And also, while you're there, check out the link that's there about our new line of t-shirts, hoodies, and things like that. We have several different shirts that are available. They say, Just Love, and then it has our emerged Nashville emblem on it. If you would consider purchasing any of those, it would be a blessing to us, and I think it would be a blessing to you and to those you encounter, because when they see that message on there, it says, Just Love. Maybe, hopefully, it'll make them think and be aware of the fact that, hey, we need to be walking in love towards one another. But anyway, we'll get back to the message here shortly, but I just wanted to encourage you to check those out, and also, please let your friends and family and, and co-workers and people know about the podcast. It's a available on all pretty much all the podcast platforms and apps and of course it's available on our website and also check out our facebook page it's facebook.com slash emerging daily and like our page if you would and share it we would really appreciate it and we'll get back to the message here shortly we want to apologize for the audio problems on this section of the podcast today. We tried to correct it. Uh, Apparently there was a problem with the microphone cord and we apologize for that. Hopefully this will be corrected on our next broadcast. Thank you. But the disciples come back to him and they ask him to explain to them this parable about the, the tares and the wheat because they know there's something there that they're just not getting. And so we in verse 37 of this same chapter in Matthew, Jesus says to him, he says, he that sows the good seed is the son of man. And I'll break this down a little bit after we read it a little. He says, the field is the world. Now that word world right there, it's important to, to, to know this, is cosmos, okay? The field is the orderly arrangement. Cosmos is the orderly arrangement or system. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. Now that word children should actually be sons. There are two words in the Greek that, that are sometimes mis interpreted as each other one is technon technon means children is it's a child the word huios huios however you want to say it is son it means a full-grown son it means um basically like when jesus when when it said that god said about jesus this is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased hear you him that's the word used is huios it means a full-grown son so the good seed are the full-grown son, the, f- the fruit that's come to perfection. In other words, maturity. The good seed are the children, the full-grown sons is really what it should say, of the kingdom. The tares, or the darnel, are the full-grown sons, or the full-grown fruit, the perfected fruit that's come to its the end of its maturity, of the wicked one. And that word one is really not even there, it's of the wicked then he says, the enemy that sowed them is the devil. Now, we have a misunderstanding of really what the devil is, and I don't really have time to get into that right now. But it comes from what he's referring to is the Hebrew word Satan. And it really just means the opponent. It's that which is given to us to help us to grow, to strengthen. But he says, the enemy that sowed them is the devil. And he says, the harvest is the end of the world. And that word world there is aeon it's age or stage the reapers are the angels now the word angel is agalos which actually just means messenger and it doesn't have to be a person it can be an event 
or a thing. It's something that brings a message or that's pressing us to understand something or receive something from God. So he says, as therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The word world there is again aeon, the age or stage. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels or messengers, which can be people or situations or circumstances. They shall gather out of the kingdom all things that offend and cause iniquity or do iniquity. And cast them into a furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. And then he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, we're going to break this down a little bit. First of all, the son of man. It says, he that sows the good seed is the son of man. Now, that son of man, that word son there, is again, huyos, which means a perfected son. I'm a fully mature son. Not just a child, but someone who's fully mature. So this is basically the same as the Christ or the Son of God. It's within us. It's a part of us. And so it sows, it helps to sow the seed in us. Now, he says the field is the world. That word world there, remember, was cosmos. It's the system, a system or orderly arrangement or a system. Here, since first, what are the seed? What is the seed itself? Well, he says the good seed are the children, but... What is seed? Now, this is where the previous parable, he says that the seed is the word. That word word there is logos. Logos doesn't just mean word. See, in much of the the evangelical church, they're taught that the word logos refers to Jesus. And they're also told that the logos is the written word as opposed to rhema being the spoken word, where the word logos doesn't have anything to do necessarily with being written. The word logos is the intent or the thought behind a thing. It's the the intent or thought behind a thing or, or a purpose for a thing, the intent. That's why it says that in the beginning was the word, the logos, and the word was with God, the logos, and the word was God, logos. Because you and your intent, you and your purpose, you and your thoughts your intentions are one you can't really separate the two and so the sower sows the word we're told in the previous parable okay so the seed or the word or the intent it's the logos the intent or the thought behind a thing now those seed come forth they bring forth fruit now he says the good seed are the fruit of the kingdom the darnel the tares are the fruit of the wicked which twists and and, and it's not it's not exactly right. And that's where, see, that's where religion, the religious system has taken and twisted. It's either incomplete or it's incorrect in many ways. And not just the, not just the religious system, but even the systems of man, which, as I said, are based on, especially here in the West, are based on incomplete or incorrect understanding of God's intent, God's purposes. He says the enemy that sowed them is the devil or Satan. The harvest is the end of the world, the end of the age, the end of the stage, or a course, okay? But, see, if you, if you, if you follow this parable, if you have this belief of a, of a rapture where God has taken out all the good people, then this parable right here flies all up against, it, against that because what happens? It's the bad that's taken out first. He takes the bad out. The good are left. The bad are, the, are what's taken. 
So that flies all in in the face of the rapture teaching. But it's not dealing with physical things like that anyway. It's talking about inward things. See, the field is, you are the field. You are the field. And your system of thought, your consciousness is the field here, okay? The field, that's what the field is. And if we would begin to stay awake and not sleep, see, the sleep there, it's while men slept that the enemy was able to sow the darnel, the tares, that which seems to be good but really is poisonous in our lives, if we would begin to stay awake, we would do, as Paul said, cast down those thoughts and imaginations and those things that stand in the against the knowledge of God or the good seed. When the enemy tries to sow seed, where does the seed sown? It's sown in your mind, in your consciousness, in your awareness, in your thoughts, your thought system, your belief system. If we would stay awake, what does that mean? To be conscious, to be aware. Always be aware of what's going on in your mind, in your thoughts, because there is that which is trying to resist or oppose that which is good. And there's a reason for it. And like I said, we don't have time to get into the whole really understanding of what Satan and, and, and its purpose is, but each one of us has it. It's within each one of us, at least for, for a time anyway. There was a, a, play, a place where Jesus said that Satan has nothing in him, so it came to a place where he didn't have to deal with that anymore, but we're not going there right now. But the thing to understand is this. We have to be awake in order to keep those other seed the darnel, the poisonous seed, from taking root. And like I said, Paul says to cast down those thoughts and imaginations, reasonings, the things that are in opposition to the intent, the logos, the good seed of God. So let's get back into this. He says the enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age or stage. So in each of our lives, this is, each, this is talking about you, okay? This isn't talking about the end of time. Whenever Jesus is given a parable, he's referring it to you and to your growth in God, your growth in spirit, your spiritual development. That's what this is all about. This whole book is about that. Every bit of it is. It's not about a group of people, although it can deal with a group of people because each of us are part of a group. Each of us are part of one. We're all one. So it's dealing with us as a whole, but it's also dealing with us as individual. And until we allow it to affect us as individuals, it will never really have its full effect on us as a group. Each of us has to take this and bring it to home, bring it to us, bring it to you, to me. It is about me. It's about you. Okay? It's not talking about the end of time. It's talking about the end of this stage of uh, one particular stage of development in your life, in your spiritual development. And the reapers are the angels, okay? So he says, the tares are gathered and burned into fire. Now, what are the tares? Remember, the tares are the darnel. They appear good, but they're really not. Now, if you'll go back, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to the, uh, the one about the baptism of fire, okay? Because that's what this is, is talking about. They're burned in the fire. Because the next verse, he says, the Son of Man shall send forth his angels. They shall gather out of his kingdom... Now, where's the kingdom? The kingdom is within us. All things that offend and which do iniquity. That word actually, iniquity, is wickedness. And it's just, it's talking about those things in us which cause us to not follow after the commands of God within us. Not a written code per se, but the, the speaking of God within our own heart. Jesus said, I only 
do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. Where did he hear it? Out of a book? No, within himself. But here, the angels, those circumstances of our life, gather out of us those things which offend. Now, I referred back uh, a little while ago to the teaching about through much pressure. It's through much pressure that what is in us comes out, okay? Just like a grape. The only way to get the juice out is to squeeze it. Well, the only thing, the way to get the bad out is to squeeze it too. So if there's bad there, both are going to come out, but the bad will come out first before the good. So here he's saying the angels will gather out of the kingdom, the kingdom is within us, all things that offend. It's not talking about little things with wings or big things with wings that we can or cannot see. It's not talking about that. It's circumstances. It's events in your life. It's life itself that'll bring you to a point to where that which is in us is exposed and comes forth and cast them into a furnace of fire. There'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. This is not talking about hell after we die. It's talking about us going through the fire. Every one of us goes through the fire. And it's not just a one-time thing. It's a stages, different aeons, different ages, stages or courses of our lives. And each one of us go through that. And what comes out of the fire is the gold. And you see it in the next verse. It says, Then shall the righteous shine as the sun. Well, how do they shine? Because they've come through the fire. All this other stuff has gone away. And the good can show forth. And so in your life, in your life, if you've gone through some pressures, you're going through some fire in your life. And if you aren't going through it now, you have gone through it or you will go through it. And it's not just going to be a one-time thing. It's, it's a constant thing throughout each course, each stage, each age of our life. And I don't mean age like you're 32 and then you'll be 33. I mean at different stages of development. And it's just like with school. If you don't pass, you go back through it. And so each stage of our life, each part of our spiritual development, if we don't, if we don't uh, allow allow it to have its perfect work, its maturing work, if it, if it doesn't do what it was set there to accomplish, then you go back through it again. And many times, you might find yourself going through the same old crap over and over. Why? Because you've not really allowed God to teach you and to bring you through it, and you haven't received what he's trying to give you through the thing. But there's more to it even than that. Because, see, when he's talking about, you'll cast them into the fire and they'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Well, one way of looking at that is, if you remember, or even if you don't, I can explain it a little. The tabernacle of the Old Testament that Moses set up, or the temple of Solomon and then the temple of Herod later on, had what was called the outer court. And in that part of the temple or of the tabernacle was where all the fire sacrifices were done and there was welling and gnashing of teeth it was hot even the ones putting the stuff in there would sometimes get burned if they weren't careful when they were putting it in the hot 
time. It was, and, and, and really, all those sacrifices that it talks about and speaks of in uh, the Old Testament, those are symbolic of our own self. And so it's us that's going through the fire. It's us, parts of our lives, our emotions, our attitudes, our uh, our thoughts, our beliefs, our uh, our intents, our dreams, our goals. All that has to go through the fire, and we have to lay it down, just like Abraham had to lay Isaac down and be willing to sacrifice him. Every part of our life, our dreams, our goals, our visions, our the things that we want and hope for our life all have to be laid down on the fire, and it's not an easy thing to do. And there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth that goes along with it. But once we do that, those parts that are, that are true, that were really placed there by God for our development, for our good, will come forth as gold and shine. And then we can really begin to grow and become like Him. And we can begin to affect the world in a positive way. And I don't just mean in a positive way to where we just are happy-go-lucky and, and whistle while we work and all that type stuff. I'm talking about we can really make a difference in the world. When we go around, there can be uh, even healings, physical healings take place in our midst as we as we encounter other people even their demeanor can change because of our presence these are the type of things that can happen they happen with Jesus they happen with the disciples they happen with Paul they can happen with you and they will happen with you as you allow God to do what he's trying to do in your life so I would just encourage you meditate on and, and consider what's going on in your life right now. And I'm talking to me, too, because there's things I'm going through. Why, what are they there for? Why are they there? What, what am I supposed to be learning? How am I supposed to be growing in this, through this? And it's not just that you have done something wrong. It's not that you screwed up necessarily. It's not... That's not what it's about. It's not about whether you messed up or screwed up. It's about how can I grow through what I'm going through. Because when you're going through stuff, and I'm speaking to me, sometimes the way we treat others, while I'm going through it, how I treat somebody else is a direct representation of how I'm allowing God to either live through me or not. Whether I'm showing forth the Antichrist, which is instead of Christ, or I'm not showing forth Christ, which is the seed of God within which is which is really showing forth in you. When you're going through something, what is really what is really evident? What do people see when you're going through all this stuff? And I don't mean to be fake. You see, that's where sometimes I think we miss it. It's because we try to be fake and put on a happy face, and that's not what I'm talking about. We don't need to do that. But if we really are um, allowing God to do and have its perfect work in us through these things, 
we can smile and it won't be a fake smile. It will be real. And people can tell the difference. So again, just think about your life today. Think about where you're at right now and where you would like to be and where you think God wants you to be and see what you're going through and how that's pushing and directing you. Those angels of God are directing you in such a way to um, reap that bad out of you so that the good in you can shine forth like the sun. I appreciate you listening today, and I hope it's blessed you. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you were stirred to put love into action. Feel free to send your questions or comments to EmergeNashville at gmail.com. And please consider donating on our website, EmergeNashville.org. Or write to Emerge P.O. Box 3242, Lebanon, Tennessee, 37088.